with CU Voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. And with us right now on the team line, Mark Johnson, Voice of the Buffaloes, joins us. Good morning, Mark. Jim, good morning. Always good to be on with you. Always great to talk with you. And uh, before we talk about uh, a rare as hen's teeth, uh, Buffs victory in Washington, which uh, is the adios. Let's see you maybe down the road sometime. <laughs> What's going on for the Big 12? <laughs> uh, I, 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 we do need to talk about Larry Zimmer. Uh, we've had a yep. variety of folks on. Uh, Wyatt Thompson, uh, of course, does Kansas State. Uh, Wyatt re- re- was the one that um, re- replaced Larry as the uh, sport as the uh, athletic. Excuse me, as the uh, sports director at 850 KOA during uh, that period of time when Larry was kind of dialing back things, and uh, and also uh, Brian Roth, who uh, interned for for Larry Zimmer for two years as well. Uh, of course, the voice of the CSU Rams, and and you were extremely close uh, with Larry, spending a lot of time in his final days uh, with Larry. Uh, just um, so sad to, to to hear the passing of Larry Zimmer, but uh, what an incredible career and what an incredible human being Larry Zimmer was. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, you, you think about, you know, it's funny. You look, look at the people you went down to that Larry had touched that have gone on and are having uh, great careers themselves. And, and uh, he influenced a lot of people. And for the better part of about four decades in the state of Colorado, on a Saturday afternoon, you heard Zim's voice every single week, and for 26 of the uh, years of those 40, you heard him on Sunday afternoons. And so there was a, a good period of time growing up in the state of Colorado where every weekend when a football game was on the air, Zim's voice was the soundtrack of it, or part of it anyway, and working alongside Bob, of course, on uh, Broncos games. But, uh, yeah, uh, a, a life well lived, as has been said, and, and I certainly agree with that. I. I spent a lot of time with Larry down the stretch there, if you will. Um, for the last five days when he was in the hospital, uh, I'd go up and sit and we'd talk and we'd reminisce and, and ultimately uh, I'd read him scripture and we'd pray together. And and uh, it uh, it was, you know, I look back on it, Jim, and, and certainly when you lose somebody that's close to you, that's not easy. But uh, I'll cherish those days because we had some great conversations. And, and he was lucid uh, virtually to the very end. And so we had uh, we were able to talk about a lot of things and uh, talk about my arrival there back in 2004, which at the time was not easy for him because he was basically asked to move on over and allow this young kid to come in and you know kind of take over the play-by-play duties. And that could have been a very difficult situation. And instead of it blowing up, I had such great respect for him. He was so gracious in that situation. Instead of having an ugly situation, it turned out to be a beautiful situation and, and really extended his career over the 12 years and uh, taught me a great deal during that period as well. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of great memories. Uh, certainly some tears have been shed, but uh, there's been probably more smiles, I think. Absolutely. Brings back a lot of, a lot of great memories for me as a fan of the Broncos and, and the Buffs uh, with uh, the, the calls that Larry had, uh, the iconic calls sure. that he's had over the years. A thing that you learned from him as a man, a thing you learned from him as a broadcaster, what are those things for you, Mark? Well, the, the one thing I've been saying about Zim is, uh, and a lot of play-by-play guys don't think this way, Larry always, and he was very proud, by the way, of uh, being a graduate of the, you know, the, the J School there, the Journalism School of Missouri. Zim always thought of himself as a, as a journalist, first and foremost. And, and if, if your listeners don't quite understand what I mean by that, he believed in telling the story. Um, a lot of times, I think it's becoming more and more common in, in you know the, the further we go down the line, play-by-play guys always want to be part of the story, and they they throw themselves into it in various ways. 
Um, you, you can see that. So there, there are some people in this business that, you know, like to uh, have a little act they do on the air and, and uh, that, that where they become part of the attraction. And Zim was always tell the story, you know, just Joe Friday. Uh, give me the facts. Tell me what's happening. The game is, is the ultimate reason that we're sitting here. And so he was a journalist at heart when he did these games. And so I watched that very early on. And then from a from personal standpoint, you know, like I was just saying, that could have been a really bad situation. And <clears throat> what it did for me, the first conversation, I'll give you a little insight, so the first conversation he and I ever had, I'm out in New York. I was actually doing a, uh, the, the Toronto Blue Jays had a AAA team in Syracuse. And in the offseason, I used to do some baseball uh, back there. And it was sitting during a rain delay. Ironically, it, uh, you know, we had a break in the action, and I got a phone call from a 303 number after I'd been agreed to the contract and agreed that I was coming to Colorado, and, and Larry and I never talked, and uh, it's, it's in. And so I had some time to sit there and talk with him, and so we had the small talk about introducing ourselves to each other, knew of each other. Uh, he was obviously legendary in Colorado, and, and you know, I'm some young kid out in the East, and uh, I finally said, well, Zim, when did you find out about the fact that I was coming out? And he said, this morning. And I, I was just taken aback. And I said, I am so sorry. I, I thought you were part of this process. I didn't know. And he said to me at the time, he said, Mark, this will never, you, you had nothing to do with it. This will never be a problem between you and me. And, and right there set the tone for the relationship between us. In turn then, when I got to town in August of 2004, uh, the first event, major event I was at, was a pep rally and a luncheon prior to the Rocky Mountain Showdown. And as they introduced me, I'm walking up on stage, and they said, ladies and gentlemen, here's the new voice of the Buffaloes. And I was walking up the stairs. It, it just it, it sounded so inappropriate and incorrect for me. And I got up to the podium because of how Zim had set the tone. I looked at the crowd. I said, thank you. I very much appreciate the warm welcome. But I said, would you do me a favor? That man down there is the voice of the Buffaloes. I'm just the play-by-play announcer. And until he retires... Uh, that's going to be the case. And so uh, you, you'll, you'll, you listen to all these games over the years, Jim. You know this. I'd open up the ball game. You know, we come to you from Folsom Field, the most majestic setting in college football, alongside a legendary voice of the boss, Larry Zimmer. I'm Mark Johnson. That's always the way I, uh, I showed him respect in that broadcast, and he always appreciated that. And, and so I never referred to myself in any way as the voice of the boss until after he had retired. And I'll be honest with you, the first time I did it, it felt so awkward to me because, number one, Zim wasn't sitting there next to me, and, and number two, that, that was his role, and so uh, uh, that, that's just the way we kind of respected each other, and, and like I said, he's the one that set the tone from moment one uh, in a conversation on the phone, and, and, and I always cherish that. Yeah, I just, yeah, what, what a what a great way that both of you handled that very difficult situation, and shows, obviously, your class, Mark, but also uh, Larry being will, you know willing to just say, that yep. you're not the reason why this happened. Uh, I'm excited about working with you and the other things yep. or the other things that has nothing to do with you. Uh, but yeah, I just, um, yeah, like I said, so many great moments from Larry Zimmer and I, I, I appreciate the times you've, uh, shared your thoughts about, uh, Larry, uh, when we've had conversations about him and thanks for talking about him today as well. Um, last night, uh, you got the chance to call, uh, the win at Washington, just, just the second time ever the buffs have won at Washington. And it's the, uh, the adios game to the, the big 12, uh, where Colorado gets the win last night against the Huskies. Yeah. I was giving Tan a hard time after the game. You know, there's a great story when I was at Syracuse, when, uh, they played the last game 
in the old field house there, and John Thompson and Georgetown came and had a great rivalry. And Georgetown wins, and John Thompson, which wraps up his press conference, he says, ladies and gentlemen, Manly Fieldhouse is officially closed. <laughs> and that was, that was one, one, of the, one of the great moments in sports in a rivalry game. And I said, Dad, you should have dropped one of those comments. You know, even though they're not closing, uh, the last year's <laughs> arena, it's the last trip. You could have... Could I had a moment like that. He says, Mark, that's not what I do. And I said, I know that. But still, it would have been funny. We're closing yeah, down was, the was, joint. What's it? We're closing down the joint. Yeah, we're, we're closing down the joint. Last time. But, uh, no, it was a great ball game for Colorado. And, you know, what have we been talking about? Here, here recently when they had a couple of hiccups, you know, they weren't playing with a full quiver, if you will. And, and last night, everyone's back. Everyone's playing very well. Uh, Javon Hadley was unbelievable last night, how well he played. Uh, Cody Williams continues just to impress. Holy cow, is he playing well, too. But uh, complete game for Colorado. Maybe could have been a little bit better on the defensive end overall. But uh, the offense was fantastic, and you know this team's starting to find its stride right now. And here we sit at fifteen, uh, 15 and five, uh, first team to get the six conference wins in the conference, and, and uh, this team's got a chance to do some special things. I think. Yeah, great at foul line last night. They missed just two free throws, fifty-five percent from the floor. It was uh, from from a shooting standpoint, charity stripe standpoint. Mark, they were rock solid. Yeah. Well, and Jim, you know, this team continues to be one of the best offensive teams in America. They're, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head now, I think the top is the top 13, I think, in all three of those categories, field goal percentage, three-point field goal percentage, free throws. Uh, they're number one of the Pac-12 in free throws. Go 20, was it, 20, was it 24, 26, or 26, 28 last night, whatever it was. It'd be just an, an amazing performance there. They That means they got to the line as, as well. And so when you're getting to the free throw line, that means you're being aggressive on the offensive end. The ball movement's good, and you're forcing that defense to break down. And so, um, yeah, outstanding Colorado on a, on a hundred different fronts. You know, and now you've got a great challenge. Uh, you know, you got the game coming up on uh, Saturday in Pullman, and I know the Cougars you know, rolled over Utah last night, which was really kind of shocked me, to be honest. I think it was a 22-point game. And, and so if you can get a sweep this weekend, um, boy, Colorado's putting itself in an awful nice position down the stretch of the season here. Yeah, Washington with a 79-57 win uh, over Utah last night. So that was uh, an impressive win by the, the Cougars. And and right now for, for Colorado, as you mentioned, uh, first team in the conference to, to six wins, and you got Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State right there uh, at the top with Colorado, and so like you said, the the Buffs uh, going to Washington State, going to Washington State for that Saturday matchup, uh, they have themselves in a really good position right now when it comes to the the Pac-12. Like I said, all the quivers, uh, all the arrows are back in the quiver, and uh, yep. that that that's bodes well for this team uh, to hopefully go out and complete a uh, you know Pacific Northwest uh, road sweep. Yeah, it'd be awful nice. And, you know, you look at the, the teams at the top of the league right now, you expected Arizona to be there. You expected Colorado to be there. Um, <clears throat> Oregon always seems to find its way up there, and they're a very solid program, obviously. Arizona State's a little bit surprising to me. I, You know, at, at this point, okay, so what are we, eight games, nine games in, the conference place, so you're reaching the halfway point. Um, and this is just me wondering out loud. I wonder if Arizona might not be a little bit of an imposter there. Arizona State, I should say. Uh, a little bit of an imposter right there. So I'm not sure they hang on, but um, I think Utah is very solid. Those four teams right there, I think probably, Stanford may have something to say about that, the way they're playing as physical as they play right now. But I think there's a four or five team probably group that, uh, and I'm probably missing somebody, but off the top of my head, that group I think probably is going to be have, have the battle for the, the top spot in the Pac-12. Many thought by default Arizona was just going to take it. And I like Arizona, and obviously they, they beat the stuffings out of Colorado here a few weeks ago at their place. It was a perfect storm that day. Um, 
And I, I think they've got some blemishes. That, that's not an Arizona team like we've seen in recent years where they've got that undoubted top 10 NBA draft pick and a few other things like that. I, I think they're very talented, very good, and very capable. But they do have some blemishes that, that are starting to show up a little bit for them. So I think it's going to be a heck of a race for the uh, top spot in the regular season for the title in the Pac-12. Yeah, Cougars right now 5-4. and four. Isaac Jones leads their uh, trio of uh, double-digit scores at almost 16 points per game. So they like said... Washington State coming off the win against Utah. Uh, yep. Always tough yep. at their place. And so uh, while Colorado's trending in the right direction, it'll not be an easy one coming up on Saturday. No, no, it's not going to be. And that also has been a place where the Buffs have had some struggles uh, over the years. It's not a difficult place to play. It's not like you're going into Oregon or, or Arizona from an atmosphere standpoint. Um, but they've got a quality basketball team. And obviously they're looking for some payback as well since the Buffs, you know, swept these two Washington schools, uh, you know, back in Boulder here a few weeks ago. And so, yeah, that, that's not a great challenge. But I, I think that's going to be a very physical basketball game, I think. And, and that'll be, you know, can the Buffs kind of have a, a little bit of a gut check uh, against uh, the Cougars. So 